Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Doc Bryant Show. I am your host, Doc Bryant. In our previous couple of episodes, we talked about Mayors Gone Wild. We talked about a story of two L.A.'s, one Los Angeles and one Louisiana, and how the left has destroyed both Los Angeles, or is in the in the middle of destroying Los Angeles and has done a very good job of damaging New Orleans, Louisiana. Now we are going to talk about some good news. The good news is a story of states' rights. States' rights under the Tenth Amendment. Now, I have talked before about a the possibility of a national divorce or the potentiality of an eventuality of a national divorce. And uh, that particular, whether or not it's going to happen, it, uh, whether or not it's going to be uh, a thing or not, changes from day to day. There, The situation politically in the United States is so dynamic that it, for me, it's just exciting. I'm loving watching what's going on. This is very exciting to me. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who are like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the end of the country and oh, we're going to be destroyed if this is just off. And the reason that I do not suffer from such negativity, such pessimism, is because I am a Christian. I am a Bible-believing Christian. I belong to Jesus, who is the Christ. So it doesn't matter what happens here because I know where I am spending my eternity. And if somebody decides to send me to my eternity a little bit earlier, I'm actually perfectly okay with that. I also know that, uh, or at least suspect based on prophecy in the Bible that has yet to happen, that the United States will not exist at some point, that being the uh, fulfillment of the Ezekiel 38 uh, prophecies. But I digress, as I frequently do ask my wife. What we're talking about today is states' rights under the Tenth Amendment finally being exercised. If you are not familiar with the Tenth Amendment, if you are not familiar with the Constitution of the United States, I very, very strongly suggest that you read it. It's not a long read. It's not a difficult read. The Tenth Amendment states that those powers which are not specifically granted to the federal government belong to the states, and the people. Now, you might think that the federal government is doing a heck of a lot of stuff that is not specifically granted to them in the Constitution of the United States, and you would be right. And part of the reason that this is is because the states got lazy And the states delegated a lot of the power that they had to the federal government. Similarly, the legislature in the federal government, which is supposed to be, despite what people say about co-equal branches of government, the legislature is supposed to be the most powerful branch of government. The legislature got lazy and delegated the vast majority of their powers to the executive branch, such that the executive branch, through the federal bureaucracy, has basically unconstitutional powers. And they have created something that is just short of a monarchy in the United States, which is the exact opposite of what the Constitution of the United States is all about, certainly the exact opposite of what the founders of this country had in mind. That being the case, the Tenth Amendment stating that 
those powers not specifically granted to the federal government in the Constitution belong to the states and the people. The states, or many states, are now beginning to exercise their sovereignty under the Tenth Amendment. And this is very exciting. It's very good. And this is actually a major step in the right direction. And it may be a major step to, oddly enough, avoiding a national divorce. If the states just stand up to the federal government and cut off the power and money that the federal government has currently and take it back for themselves, a whole lot of problems that we currently have in the United States will go away. You see, one of the things that would be really great is if the states under the Tenth Amendment go ahead and they do this and they remove a lot of power from the federal government. Probably the only way that is going to happen is through another uh, section of the Constitution, Article 5, Article 5, Convention of the States, in which the states get together and basically rewrite the Constitution of the United States. And it would be perfectly fine if you had a state like California that was the bluest of the blue states and wanted to be socialist as much as they wanted to, as long as it did not violate people's constitutional rights. And we can get into that. That's another discussion. But you could have states that are super blue states. And those people who want to live in super blue states are perfectly welcome to do so in the United States. But if they don't want to live in a blue state, they can come to a red state and live in a red state where people are free. And they are perfectly welcome to do so. And the federal government has absolutely nothing to say about it and certainly does not have the authority to go around trying to homogenize all of the states into one blue state, unified under the great leadership of one particular individual or an oligarchy. And that is not what the federal government is supposed to be under the Constitution of the United States. And again, that's kind of another discussion. But I read from an article in Breitbart titled, Iowa, Ohio, Way In-State Ban on Federal Gun Control Enforcement. This was written by R. A. W. R. Hawkins on 26th of February, 2023. That's on Breitbart.com if you want to look this up. Okay. Iowa, Ohio, Georgia, and other red states are weighing in-state bans on the enforcement of federal gun controls deemed infringements on gun rights. It's really neat that this is happening. I cannot tell you how exciting this is. Montana has such a ban, and on February 10th, Breitbart News reported that Governor Greg Giaforte uh, told the ATF their AR pistol stabilizer brace rule cannot be enforced in Montana. There are other states that have similar type of laws, Texas being one of them. Uh, in Texas, uh, it is basically illegal for uh, state, county, or local law enforcement to assist the ATF in enforcement of unconstitutional gun laws. Okay, I continue reading. Missouri also has such a ban, as does Nebraska and Arizona, which is really ironic. I don't, I had not, I hadn't thought that Arizona would have one of those laws. That surprises me. I guess that shows that the people of Arizona still have some kind of sway. The Wall Street Journal noted that Iowa, Ohio, Georgia, and other red states are now weighing bans on federal gun enforcement. Iowa State Representative Jeff Shipley, Republican, is pushing the ban in his state, and the push is supported by Carroll County Attorney John Verden, or Worden. I'm pronouncing it the German way because I speak German. Uh, Verden said 
I don't see this as a liberal or conservative issue. And he's right. Well, no, he's he's not right, but he's kind of right. I see it as a state's rights issue. And that's the thing there, though, because states' rights is a liberal slash conservative issue. Conservatives support states' rights. Liberals oppose states' rights. Liberals want to see a hegemony of Washington, D.C. over all of the states. The Des Moines Register observed that Iowans voted to adopt a constitutional amendment on November 8, 2022, and the amendment exceeds the gun rights protections contained in the Second Amendment. The amendment says, The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The sovereign state—I love that wording—the sovereign state of Ohio—or Iowa. Sorry, sorry. All those states up there look alike to us in Texas. <laughs> oh, that was bad, bad talk. The sovereign state of Iowa affirms and recognizes this right to be a fundamental individual right. Any and all restrictions of this right shall be subject to strict scrutiny. I would have phrased that a little bit differently. I would have phrased it as any and all restrictions of this right. Uh shall be illegal. There shall be no restrictions to that right. There there will be none. Um, and I don't see how this exceeds the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment has been ruled multiple times by the Supreme Court to be an individual right. It is very, very clear that the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That is, keep as in own firearms uh, arms of any kind, weapons, period, any kind of weapon. Yes, I do mean rocket launchers and tanks and fighter jets if you have the money to own them. Absolutely, I do. And the reason that I mean that is because the purpose of the Second Amendment was to, so that the people of the United States would be able to, if necessary, throw off a corrupt government, a dictatorial, tyrannical government, the people of the United States, or I'm sorry, the people of the colonies, the 13 original colonies, the weapons that they had were military-grade weapons of the time. And yes, President Biden, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call him president. Yes, Joe Biden. Yes, liberals, they owned cannon as well. I say cannon, not in singular. Cannon is the plural of cannon, not cannons, Biden. But at any rate, yes, civilians did own cannon. They absolutely did. As a matter of fact, there's a very famous cannon that civilians owned, not in the Revolutionary War, but in the War of Texas Independence. You will see it on a flag that says, come and take it. At any rate, civilians did indeed own cannon, and the purpose of the Second Amendment is for the people. It has nothing to do with hunting. It has nothing to do with shooting sports. It has to do with one and only one thing, and that is the ability to throw off a tyrannical government. That is the purpose of the Second Amendment. So I do not believe that the amendment in Iowa in any way exceeds the Second Amendment in the federal Constitution. I believe that the left misrepresents and misinterprets the Second Amendment of the United States by trying to overcomplicate the issue with emotionalism, which is standard operating procedure for the left. So we have that. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not our Hawkins. That's not his name. It's A.W.R. Hawkins. That is, those are initials, apparently. Uh... He is the one who wrote this particular article. Now we move on to the great state of Tennessee. The Tennessee volunteers, those who came to the aid of Texas in becoming independent from 
Mexico. So I've got a special place in my heart for Tennessee. The Tennessee legislature has been on a kick, and I am really happy. These next two stories come out of Tennessee. I really like these two stories. The first one, uh, also Breitbart.com, written by Spencer Lindquist on the 26th of February, 2023. Tennessee legislature passes bill to ban drag shows in front of kids. And, and I'm going to digress here for just a second. One of my, another one of my great pet peeves is watching other states take the lead on issues such as this, while Texas, which a lot of people don't know this, but the Texas legislature is run by Bush Republican rhinos. Okay, they're establishment rhinos that run the Texas legislature. And so stuff that really needs to get done in Texas is like pulling teeth. So Texas, this is something that we have to do. We got to get our act together. We have to kick out. We have to target and then remove the rhinos from the Texas legislature and the governor's office, if it comes to that so that we can get some real reforms done so that Texas can be a great state again. Because right now, we're eh, we're kind of meh right now when it comes to conservative states. When you got guys, when you, Florida, okay, is to, and nothing against Florida, but Florida is more conservative than Texas. Is that what you're telling me? Folks, we need to clean up Austin. We need to remove the weird from the state capitol. Anyway, back to the story. Tennessee lawmakers passed a bill that would prevent drag shows from taking place on public property or in front of children. The bill classifies male and female impersonators as adult cabaret performers, while also banning adult-oriented performances that are harmful to minors. The legislation, Senate Bill 3, now makes its way to Republican Governor Bill Lee's office. State Representative Chris Todd, Madison County, filed the bill saying this is a common-sense child safety bill. The bill which passes, or I'm sorry, which passed by a vote of 79 to 19 makes it illegal to host an adult cabaret performance in a location where children are present. The legislation, which was proposed by Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson, also bans adult cabaret performances in public or on public property. There's something here I want to address real quick. This is a common sense child safety bill. Uh, I don't want to get into that just yet, but I will in a minute. The bill which passed by a vote of 79 to 19. That's what I want to get on. For those of you who have a pessimistic view of the future of the United States, I want you to concentrate on those numbers. 79 to 19. I also want you to just consider the state legislature in Florida as well and understand that we currently, and by we I mean conservatives, I mean the Republican Party, control and have super majorities in the majority of state legislatures in the United States. That's where things are going to change in this country. It's going to happen in the states. And whether it happens by an Article 5 convention, or whether it happens by a national divorce, these things are going to change in the states. Washington, D.C. will not voluntarily fix itself. And that includes the majority of the Republicans in federal office. Now, things may slowly change 
in Washington, D.C., but I think the rapid change is going to come from the states. And I think, too, that those politicians in the federal government are going to see the rapid change in the states and are going to get scared and are going to start behaving themselves. And I hope that we are going to see some indictments handed down on a lot of federal personnel, both uh, politicians and bureaucrats. But that, again, that's, that's a discussion for another time. But when you see a vote like 79 to 19 on an issue like this, that's a good thing. That is indicative of the way that state legislatures across the United States are going. That is something to be happy about. All right, back to this. Cabaret performers are defined as topless dancers, go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, and male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to a prurient interest. I love that language. That is outstanding. Should the bill be signed into law by Governor Lee, anyone who either hosts or performs a drag show in the presence of children could be charged with a misdemeanor and subject to a fine of $2,500. I kind of like what they did in Florida, too. We will take away your liquor license, which for a lot of businesses like the ones that have been uh, hosting these drags, these quote-unquote family-friendly drag shows here in North Texas, you take away their liquor license, they're done. They don't exist anymore, and that's something that should be added as well. $2,500 fine for a lot of these places is a drop in the bucket. They will also be subject to up to, up to one year in prison. I like that. Meanwhile, repeat offenders would be considered a felony, I like that, with defendants subject to a $3,000 fine and anywhere between one to six years in prison. I really like this law. Folks, if you live, well, hell, if you live in Texas, if you live in any state, you need to contact your state legislators and tell them that you support this kind of legislation in your state. And don't let up. Because the state legislators are more scared of you than the federal legislators are. You need, uh, just in general, whatever state you live in, but especially if you live in Texas, get on this. Start calling your legislators. Let's fix Austin. A lot of this, a lot of the problems that, that are existing in Texas right now are coming out of Austin. And Austin needs to be de-weirdified. Um, but anyway, get on your state legislators and, and get involved in stuff. Become a precinct chairman. Get involved. The one thing that these liberals, these progressives, these Marxists, these whatever they call themselves this week, the one thing that they are scared of is good people standing up and doing something because they know that they are the minority. They know that they will lose. It's just like the Bible says, folks, if you just resist Satan, he will flee. Satan is on the defensive. Despite what the media shows us, Satan is on the defensive. He lost the war the very second that Christ rose again and ascended into heaven. The fight was over. He was cast down to the earth, and the only fight he has left is a war of attrition trying to take as many of us with him as he can, but he has lost. So, if we put up just even a little bit of resistance... They will flee. Satan's children will flee. And I'm not calling these people Satan's children in order to uh, inspire hatred or anything like that. I pray for these people. I don't want Satan to have any children. I don't want him to hold sway over anybody. This is, I am not, 
I'm not picking on these people. I want them freed from his slavery, the slavery of sin. They can be freed just like I was. So this is not me talking bad about them. I am just calling a spade a spade. It is what it is. Jesus himself said, you are like your father, the devil. These are Satan's children. If you do not belong to Christ, then you belong to Satan. That's just the way it is. That's the way, that's the way it is. If you're not changed by Christ, if you are not owned by Christ, then you are owned by this world. To put it in pop culture terms, very old pop culture terms, you are part of the matrix. All right. Again, digress. But you know what? I look at things through a spiritual lens. That's the way I see things because that's the way things really are. And so I will continue to do so. At any rate, here we go. Uh, Yes, felony... 3,000 years in prison? No, that's not what it says. The intent of the legislation is just to simply say that you cannot have sexually explicit entertainment in a public venue where kids might be present. That There's nothing wrong with that. That is common sense stuff. Now back to Satan, folks. There is a reason, and, and I've heard so many people going, well, why is all of this happening now? Why is all of this happening? The reason that this is happening now, again, from a spiritual standpoint, there has been a huge revival going on, a huge Christian revival going on all over the world, everywhere in the world, ironically, except the United States. It is just now starting to touch the United States, this Christian revival, just now. And, but it's been going on all over the world in places where it shouldn't be going on. Like the Middle East, Christianity is growing at a a massive rate, a rate that is alarming to Muslims. Christianity is in sub-Saharan Africa. Okay. Let me explain this. And, and when I heard this, I was just, I was, I got chills. It was awesome. Sub-Saharan Africa, the the population in Sub-Saharan Africa is growing faster than any other population in the world. Okay, Sub-Saharan Africa, the population is exploding. Christianity is increasing faster than the population growth, faster than the birth rate in Sub-Saharan Africa. Africa has been sending missionaries to the United States. That's pathetic. I mean, it's good that they're doing it, but it's bad that they have to do it. But now, see, Satan saw this great awakening happening. He saw this great revival occurring all over the world, and he knew that it was eventually going to get to the United States, that it was eventually going to get to the West. I would imagine the last area that it touches is going to be Europe. And I think it will even touch Europe. I think there will be a revival in Europe. But right now it's the United States' turn. At least it appears that way. But Satan saw this great move And like his child Hitler, he realized that he had to make one final push. He had to make one assault, like the Battle of the Bulge. And that one final push would have to be in the West, and largely in the United States. And he knew that his children, the ones that he has already deceived the ones that believe that they are homosexuals, the ones that believe that they are transsexuals, the ones that believe that there are any number of different genders, the ones who he had bent sexually, the ones that are incapable of reproduction. 
He knew that they were incapable of reproduction, and he knew that he needed more. He needed more broken people. And the fastest, easiest way to break someone if you can't kill them is to break them when they are a child. Sounds diabolical. Well, yeah, it's, it's downright satanic. But this isn't about tolerance, folks. This isn't about preventing hate crimes against uh, various members of the pride community. As I have stated on multiple podcasts prior to this, the number of hate crimes per year against the pride community are literally, statistically insignificant far less than 1%, far less than a tenth of a percent. They are statistically insignificant compared to the crimes that occur all over the United States. So there is not some great movement to destroy the pride community. Now, if you go to some place like Iran, you go to some place like Saudi Arabia or Iraq, yeah, they actually kill them over there. In China, you get thrown into jail. You'll be imprisoned indefinitely. Lord knows what happens to them in North Korea. Those are the places where there's an actual assault on them, or India. Yeah, not in the United States, though. The crime rate against homosexuals or any, any of the, the pride people is statistically insignificant. So it ain't about that. What this stuff is about is about recruitment. The end game of the sexual revolution, and I've said this previously as well, the end game of the sexual revolution has always been pedophilia. It has always been breaking children. That was always the end game. Don't believe me? The father of the sexual revolution, Alfred Kinney, I think that was his name, something like that, he wrote a book called Human Sexuality, uh, or Sexuality in the Human Male, and that was the, the, uh, the foundation of the sexual revolution in the United States. He wrote that book, I believe, in the 40s, late 40s. And uh, it was the, the, the research, the quote-unquote research that, upon which the sexual revolution was started. Except for the fact that he didn't actually do any real scientific research. Rather, it was trademark, or the science trademark. And his entire book was based off of the diary of one pedophile who had molested 317 people preteen boys. I think that's the number. I'm pretty sure that's a number, but well over a hundred. I'll have to relook up that information. Either way, it doesn't matter how many there were. That's what he based his, his so-called research on. His, his entire research was the diary of basically a pedophile Marquis de Sade in the United States. Somebody who as I understand it, never actually paid for his crimes. And then his subsequent, subsequent work was based also on pedophiles that were in prison. So make no mistake, from the very beginning, from the jump, the sexual revolution was all about getting to legalized pedophilia. And the reason for that is because if you break somebody when they're a kid, they tend to stay broken. 
So that's what all the drag shows are about. That's what all of the pride parades are about. That's why they are targeting your children. That's why Disney is targeting your children with sexually explicit material. Because they want to destroy your kids' minds so that your kids will be open. That's why they're teaching this stuff in public schools, folks. That's another thing that really has to be dealt with is public schools. If you ask me, they need to be entirely dissolved. Education in the United States needs to be entirely reimagined. Absolutely 100% the federal government has, and again we go back to the Tenth Amendment, zero business being in the education business. There needs to be an end to the education department that needs to go away it needs to be dissolved same with the energy department and stuff but i digress but you've got teachers in public schools teaching this garbage teaching this satanic filth trying to turn your children into potential victims for pedophiles trying to normalize Sexual deviancy, and again, I do not say deviancy in such a manner as to denigrate personally the individuals who are trapped in that lifestyle, who are slaves to that lifestyle. Rather, I use the term deviance and deviancy in its traditional definition, which means out of the norm. What is the norm? That is what the majority of people do. Now, the facts are that when it comes to homosexuals, they make up 3.5% of the population, roughly 3.5% of the population, certainly not the 20 to 25% that you see in the media. And when it comes to trans people, that is 0.03%. Three hundredths of a percent of the population. Statistically insignificant. They certainly don't make up the 10% or whatever that they show on the media, in movies and TVs and so forth. Let's go back to Tennessee legislature again because they are doing so many great things. And this is related this also from Breitbart, also by Spencer Lindquist, 27 February 2023. Headline is, Tennessee Legislature Passes Bill to Ban Medical Gender Transitions on Children. This is just an extension, a more permanent extension of what Satan wants to do to our children. Because if they can't, if he can't break their minds, he's going to break their bodies so that they cannot reproduce and through breaking their bodies, break their minds. The Tennessee State Legislature passed a bill that would ban the use of puberty blockers, hormone therapy, and surgical operations on children in order to, quote, change, end quote, their gender, which is impossible. The legislation now awaits Governor Bill Lee's signature. And while we're talking on this, we're talking on transsexuality and stuff like that. You cannot change your gender. Your gender. You can't do it. It is impossible. Okay. I, I know I have a friend of mine. We're friends since elementary school. And he transitioned into a female. Okay. And I still call him by his given name despite the fact that he prefers another name. Now, we haven't spoken in quite a long time, but regardless, I still refer to him by his given name because that's his name. And I still call him he because that is what he is. Now, you can argue up and down that gender is only a state of mind. It is a construct of society, etc., etc. No, it is not. First of all, it hasn't been called gender until fairly recently. Previously, 60, 70, 100 years ago, when you talked about gender, you were talking about language. 
was a term used in linguistics. It was a leftist, surprise, surprise, who brought the term gender into talking about sex. But I won't get into that. That's a discussion for another time. There are only two sexes, folks. And if I take your DNA and I see an XX in your DNA, you're a female. And if I see an XY, you're a male. That's how it is. That is the way that we were designed by God. This concept that you can create your own reality, that you can become your own gender, is nothing more than humans trying to be their own gods. Now, if you weren't around, if you did not create the universe and everything in it, then you absolutely cannot create your own gender. You cannot change your DNA you are not a god. You cannot change your sex. Your sex. You just can't do it. I could take a, a BMW insignia and stick it on the front of a Hyundai, and the car would still be a Hyundai. it would still be a Hyundai. I could make it look like a BMW, but it's still a Hyundai. Now, if we took a BMW engine, you know, that's a different thing. But, see, you can't change that kind of stuff in your own body. You can't change your DNA. You cannot. You can call yourself a, a woodland elf and appear in a picture for the president of Mexico. Not kidding about that, folks. Look it up. The president of Mexico actually thinks he has photographic evidence of woodland elves. But that's another story. You cannot change reality. You cannot change reality. And to the extent that you live your life out of phase with reality, you are going to damage yourself and those around you. It's a fact. That is what sin is. Living your life, using your body, your soul, your mind, your strength in ways that are out of phase with which they were designed. And if you use something in a manner for which it was not designed, it will eventually break. And that's what Satan wants. Anyway, back to the story. Lawmakers in the state house passed the legislation 77 to 16, another big number, or as they call it on YouTube, a ratio 77 to 16 with three Democrats voting with Republicans. After allowing for a grace period for those who have already begun to attempt a transition, the bill would authorize the Attorney General to investigate health care providers who violate the ban. I would remove their licenses. That's just me. Who could be fined up to $25,000. That's a good amount. House Majority Leader William Lamberth remarked that those, or I'm sorry, these children do not need these medical procedures to be able to flourish as adults. They need mental health treatment, they need love and support, and many of them need to be able to grow up to become the individuals that they were intended to be, Lamberth went on to say, and that is exactly the point. We were designed by God as individuals, we were designed by God to become something, to serve a purpose, a purpose that we would love. And Satan is trying his damnedest to make sure that as many people as possible 
do not become what God intended them to become. Similar bills have gained traction in various other Republican-led states, including Nebraska, Mississippi, Oklahoma, South Dakota, and South Carolina. I note that Texas is not on that list. I am going to call my representative and senator and find out why. Meanwhile, the American Civil Liberties Union has signaled that it intends to challenge the bill in court if it is signed into law. Okay. Let's talk about the ACLU real quick. First of all, the ACLU could be gotten rid of almost instantly, except for the fact that uh, I think it's Title 18 in the U.S. Code allows taxpayer dollars to go to quote-unquote civil rights organizations. The ACLU is not a civil rights organization. The ACLU is a Marxist-based organization designed to tear down the United States Constitution piece by piece through the courts. We pay our taxpayer, our taxpayer dollars to the ACLU so that they can sue us. That needs to go away. That needs to be gotten rid of instantly. And the ACLU will go away forever. And if enough people think that the ACLU is actually doing a great job, then they can donate their own money to the ACLU. But forced donations to the ACLU by people who do not support them is unconstitutional. Here we go. Quote, all Tennesseans should have access to the health care they need to survive and thrive, end quote, Lucas Cameron Vaughn, a guy who hyphenates his name that says it all. An ACLU Tennessee staff attorney remarked in a statement before going on to argue legislators are risking trans young people's health. There is no such thing as a trans anything, let alone a trans child. You didn't hear talk about trans children 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. That's just become a thing right now. And again, the reason it has become a thing is for the reasons that I have stated previously. They are trying to break our children. Legislators are risking trans young people's health, well-being, and safety with this dangerous legislation. The ACLU is going to lose this, especially, and this is the thing, too. One of the reasons the ACLU has as much success as they do is because they're being funded by taxpayers. So they have almost unlimited resources. And so when they go after an organization that has limited resources, like a school system or something like that, the school system just caves in without a fight. But the vast majority of people that fight the ACLU win. And if they're going up against a state legislature like Tennessee, and let's say this goes to the Supreme Court, they're going to lose in the Supreme Court. Period. It's going to be over. And if they lose in the Supreme Court, that's federal precedent. Meanwhile, yes, yes, yes. Tennessee lawmakers promised to take action after an investigation from Daily Wire host Matt Walsh found that Vanderbilt officials had referred to transitions, particularly sex change operations, as, quote, big money makers. And that, folks, is why it is so popular in the medical community, and that is why the medical community is, is taking this on as, oh, we're saving lives. We are protecting these trans children. They don't give a crap about those kids. What they care about is making money. Let me tell you something. From a, from a healthcare uh, professional, 
Okay, I've been involved in healthcare for over 20 years. From a from a, a an EMT to a Navy combat corpsman to a nurse, a surgical nurse. And I can tell you as a surgical nurse, the money in healthcare is in surgery. It's in surgery and pharmacy, pharmaceuticals, which, you know, that takes us into the whole COVID-19 BS, but that's where the money is. That's why they're pushing this is because it makes a lot of money. And ladies and gentlemen, this is something I can also tell you. They stopped teaching ethics in medicine a long time ago. So there's a ton of surgeons. I have worked with them, a ton of surgeons who have zero ethics at all. All they care about is getting them in, cutting them up, and getting them out. I've worked with surgeons who are currently serving time in federal prison because of their lack of ethics. Which is a good thing. I'm glad that they're in federal prison. They deserve to be there. They earned it. But this is what happens when we stop teaching ethics. When we start teaching... Uh, Moral relativism, big money makers. That's why they are pushing this trans agenda so hard because doing a sex change operation, folks, is extremely complicated and will make a lot of money. It's extraordinarily expensive. Makes a lot of money. Just like the puberty blockers and the medications that they're pushing on these kids. This is about money for them. They don't give a crap about those kids. The investigation first prompted Republican Governor Bill Lee to call for an investigation into Vanderbilt University Medical Center in September. In addition, Breitbart News revealed last year that Vanderbilt Health was the sole sponsor of the, quote, kids and family, end quote, portion of the Nashville Pride Parade, which included both drag bingo and drag queen story hour. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. It's about recruiting. In the material world, it's about recruiting to make just bunches and bunches of money. And in the spiritual world, it's about breaking kids for the rest of their lives. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, hit the like and subscribe button, assuming there are some. And if you are listening to this on the podcast, the podcast is Doc Bryant, The Doc Bryant Show. You can get it on Spotify and Amazon Music and Audible, but not, uh, not iTunes, not Apple. And uh, you can also watch these on uh, Odyssey, BitChute, and Rumble, but not YouTube. Hope you all have a good day, and I will talk to you all later.